Hello, welcome to the brand new season of Formula Electrifying. And in the season 9 of Formula E, we have the new season opener, new racks and new cars, but the same random guy ranting about Formula E with his crappy microphone and poor editing skills. And let's just go straight into it. Preseason testing. The first shocker reported by the media is that the lap times didn't reduce that much, which kind of makes sense, but still kind of surprising. If you still remember, in the grand reveal of this Gen 3 car, they were bragging about how fast the Gen 3 car was, that it may be 5 seconds faster than the Gen 2 cars. But in reality, that never happened. Of course, we can say that the teams are still getting to know the car, trying to gain as much knowledge as they can. Therefore, they were not focusing on extraction of performance rather than understanding how it works, the mechanics, the setups, all that stuff. And according to the media, the new tire Hankook provide was very hard. In fact, much more harder than the previous Michelin tires. That could be a major reason why the performance aren't there. And as for why the compound is so hard, I have two theories. The first one is that in the previous season, we can clearly see that the tires just wouldn't last. At the first race of New York, when the rain pours, the cars were all aquaplaning. And when you listen to the interviews, the drivers are all saying that the old weather tires were already gone when the rain hits. Therefore, it could be a safety reason to create a compound that will not be destroyed on track. But another theory I think is more interesting. You see Hankook just walk into this sport as a new supplier. I believe they have some data of the Gen 2 cars, but probably not that much on the Gen 3 cars. As a result, in the development, they just went for a more conservative design, which ultimately means the tires are much more harder and almost impossible to wear out. Alright, enough about the tires. Let's talk about the cars on track. We have news claiming that there were teams couldn't even test the car before they show up in Valencia due to the reliability issues and the delay of transport of the components. So that sounds uh, seriously alarming. And I kind of wonder if anyone crashed in Mexico this week, would they be able to repair the car in time for the derail weekend? So, obviously, preseason testing is the first time we've seen every car on track. I have to say, although I still don't like the design that much, the car actually looks pretty decent if you look straight at front. However, the top-down view is really not good. It's very chunky, very big, very fat. So let's hope that the wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing will feel great in the broadcast. Another big thing about the preseason testing is that we have a mark race. Of course, this allows Formula E and FIA to calculate the proper race distance as we are counting laps instead of time this season. And this also serves as the test to test every system for the new regulation. However, there are reports that the race wasn't really long. In fact, the race lengths were so short that the drivers are saying that they didn't even need to live on coast. That's a little bit concerning, as the data Formula E and FIA gathered may not be informative or representative for what the actual race lengths should be. But what's more concerning is that a lot of cars didn't really finish the race. Can Gen 3 cars really do long distance, long runs at all? But still, we got more to worry about. I believe it is in the final day, Sebastian Buemi had a huge crash because he was not able to brake and therefore he could not stop the car at all. And he is not alone. There were other incidents like this with less severe damage. All these claims about no hydraulic brakes. All that futuristic talks. Whew. 
I think Formula E should take this problem really seriously and solve it as soon as possible. As for the battery oscillation issues, some teams like Andretti said they have figured out a workaround for this. So maybe this issue will be like Provozin in F1. Whoever gets on top of it will have better chance winning the championship this season. To summarize precision testing, DS Powertrains seems to be very strong as Gunther and Van Dome top the timing sheet. Oliver Rowland in third place, suggesting that Mahindra might be back this season. Alright, enough about the preseason testing. Now let's talk about Formula E Unplug, the drive to survive of Formula E. In case you've been living under the ground, Formula E Unplug is the documentary series about Formula E. Last season, they released their Formula E Unplug on YouTube. And this season, they did it much more seriously. You can clearly see that they have listened to the people on Reddit and lean more on the Drive to Survive style. There are 6 episodes in total, 30 minutes each, and a series mainly focused on the championship contender. That means Mercedes, Jaguar, Porsche, Venturi. But that also means that some teams were barely mentioned, like Nissan and Mahindra. One thing I'm quite fond of it is that this season they reused a lot of interviews in a pre-race build-up. But in this season, we have more interviews we've never seen before. And I think that's really a plus. I only have like 3 complaints about the show. Firstly, I feel sorry for Nissan and Mahindra, as they've been in the series like forever but didn't get much coverage. Of course, in the very end of the show, it's gonna be the Genesee cars on track. However, that Genesee car was in test livery, which I think is very odd as we have preseason testing. So you have, obviously, plenty of time to do the photoshoot, the video shoot, everything. But what we got, is some test livery shots, which kind of hints that the car is still in development and not ready to come out yet. But that's not the case. Definitely think that using the official livery shots would be better. And the less banalist complaint, I think I will just bring out the problem. The show is literally impossible to watch. I'll be straightforward. In Asia, I don't have any official ways to watch that show. And I think that reveals a big problem that has haunted Formula E for years. The availability. Just days ago, there were discussions on Reddit on how to improve the popularity of Formula E. I think this kind of started about some news said that Mercedes actually quit because of low viewership. And when I think about it, I just think the key is availability. To make things popular, first, you have to expose people to those things. If they didn't even know the thing exists, it is impossible to gain any popularity. And in Formula's case, there are just not enough content out there. There used to be a time where all the races were on YouTube. Sadly, those times were gone, probably due to licensing issues. But, if you search Formula E on YouTube, there were not a lot of content aside from the official Formula E channel. That's not a nice look. And when I'm talking about availability, I'm not only talking about all the content. I'm also talking about how this championship interacts with the general public. To be environmental friendly, Formula E adopts a one-day race format, which means free practices, qualifying, the race, all in one day. Although it's pretty remarkable how they could pull it off. From the general view, that means all the highs and lows happened in one day and ends in one day. That essentially means that all the hype, all the drama, all the controversies just end in one day. And if you miss this day, you miss everything. But when you look at other series like Formula 1 or IndyCars, 
the practices, the qualifying, all take place on separate days, which means that the hype could just build day by day by day by day until the race. Formula E couldn't have that due to the race format. Look, I'm not saying that Formula E should alter the race format to those like Formula One or IndyCars. I'm just saying that this is something Formula E couldn't compete unless they put more thoughts on this. Last but not least, another critical availability issues is that the ways to watch Formula E is not consistent and is always limited. As the time of recording, which is 7th of January, we have no confirmation about where to watch the next season of Formula E. And when you look at the calendar, oh, the race is next week. So why the hell we have no information on where to watch the race? What's worse is that even when all the information was already on the site, 50% of them won't work. And this is something I think Formula E should resolve first, as it is very critical to distribute the race to everybody to have the source to watch the races. And that's how you get people interested. Alright, that's all for me in this episode. Some final thoughts. Uh, A quick touch on Ken Block, a legendary driver who unfortunately has passed away. If you don't know who Ken Block is, I'm sure you have watched his videos, The Guy Who Drifts in Dubai. Actually, that video is how I got hooked into motor racing, so huge respect to Ken Block. And on a brighter note, let's hope that everything works in Mexico. And I pray that Channel 4 still got the broadcast rights so we can watch the race much more easily on YouTube. I've been Luke and you are listening to Formula Electrifying Podcast. If you like what you're listening, like, subscribe, all that stuff. And I'll see you after Mexico. Bye.